And the one thing I've always said about being in survival mode is that once you're there, then everything gets exaggerated. So that phone call, you know, is like the most innocent phone call in the world. But because you are like already in survival mode, already you have this in trouble code running in the background, that thing just gets blown out of proportion. And so the stat is we do between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, of which 90 to 95% of them are the same thoughts. So we keep having the same thoughts over and over and over and over. And what this shows us is that our brain is stuck in a, in a neurons that fire together, wire together process. And they've been wiring and firing together for so long that that's the only thing our brain knows how to do. Hi and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, a podcast that's all about expanding your life, expanding your business, expanding your personal vision for what you think is possible. And what this really means is that we jump onto the podcast every week to share new ideas and insights to help broaden your thinking, to figure out ways to navigate the challenges of the future with composure and elegance, words that we, that we both like a lot. And finally, for you to, to literally be more expansive, to take up more space in this world, to be of consequence, uh, to make an impact. And so we do this every single week. My name is Eric. I'm a speaker and a consultant to high-performing teams. And as always, I'm joined by my ever-elegant co-host, future strategist, author, best-selling author, five times over, dog lover, Mr. John Sane. John. How are you, brother? Yes. Hello, hello. Yes, wonderful. Like I like that intro. Nice one. That was totally off the cuff uh, for people who listen. We've had so many different iterations of introing, figuring out how we want to intro. We had people writing us intros. And now we've just decided to go back to the original. And I guess we've been doing it for so long, you could quite comfortably expand on the intro for expansion so well done i, I enjoyed listening to that because i had no idea what you're going to say i'm actually looking forward to doing mine next week now that you've done such a sterling job of that one yeah all good um in cape town again and uh yeah just uh, carrying on it's august uh, my whole social media feed is in greece israel portugal mm. or italy I'll be joining them in two weeks' time, so I'm not that jealous, just a little bit, but not that jealous. I'm on my way to <laughs> Italy and Switzerland, and you as well are on your way to Europe. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're leaving on Wednesday, heading out to Germany for a few days to catch up with Danica's parents. They've been there now for many, many years, so we'll do a bit of that, and then we'll head to Barcelona to spend some time with friends over there, end off with a wedding, and then back about 10 days later. So. Super excited. First time that I've been out of the country since a pandemic. So it's going to be fun. Wow. It's, okay. it's been a long so, time. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Eh? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Listen, okay. Yeah. It's so exciting, man. Um, speaking of, yes. I, I was just wondering actually a bit earlier, to what extent does COVID still feature in your life? Because I feel like I'm, I'm living in a bubble perhaps where I don't see it. I don't hear about it. I don't like it. it it's not part of my existence at the moment. And I'm wondering if I'm living in a bubble or if like, is this something the only, echoed? The only time, no, the only time I've actually experienced it overseas is on the flight uh, Emirates asking you to put the mask on. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case. It might've changed. 
but uh, no, I'm the same as you. Mm. Um, no, don't even think about it. Not mm. even part of my world. Uh, I, I like how the news media has now created a new thing to worry about and stress about. Monkeypox. I mean, it's just like a churning out of anxiousness. These news channels. Mm. Eh? It is now breaking news. America has put it on a watch list. I mean, everything's about. Everybody get together and stress together. Panic, panic, like ridiculous yeah. mm. panic, panic, panic. Mm. I mean, I look at it, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. They're just trying to use anything to create panic. In fact, in fact, I don't even watch that stuff. Mm. I've actually stopped watching any. When I see something like that, I just delete and follow. I'm following zero news channels anywhere. I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm, mm. I'm sick and tired of their fear mongering, to be honest. So no, no, no bubble. I'm in the same bubble as you, which is okay. no COVID bubble. Mm. Yeah. But do take a mask or two just in case. Yeah, we have packed a few. Just uh, you never know. But yes, yeah, it, it almost it almost is non-existent in my life, um, which is great. Yes. Uh, and I've been really enjoying everyone wanting to get back to uh, meeting in person and uh, all the yes. in-person events. It's been phenomenal to get that energy going again. But I mean, you've had a lot of yes, it. Yes, it has. I mean, like obviously the book launch, but from a from a yeah. events point of view, have you found that there's been a big shift in terms of like? You're doing in-person keynotes versus virtual keynotes? Or is it still like a You know what, what I have found? No, no. What I have found, everybody wants it in person until it becomes a budget issue. Yeah. And then what people are doing a budget of paying me for the webinar because it's within their budget and live isn't. And what I've been doing is uh, I, uh, if I'm in the same city in that event and they paid for a webinar, I'm just pitching up. Mm. And it's a bonus for them. It's an added bonus. I'm happy to do it because the energy of a live it's just next level, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, off a webinar, I'm so bored of it. So I don't really want to do webinars. Mm. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, it's it's all that's available and all that's affordable for clients. Mm. But yeah, the live, I've been doing a bunch. I'm doing another one tomorrow. So yeah, mm. I'm looking, I'm always looking forward to them now. I actually relish in them now. So mm. I don't take them for granted anymore. But you know, I have to say, um, I mean, we spoke about this a bit um, over WhatsApp, but when I watched you, because I, I watched you for the first time again on stage at your book launch, oh, and yes. you really are such a natural on stage, which I know it's probably been, I mean, it's, it's multiple, multiple iterations and, and practice, like, right. you know, but um, your presence on stage is, is phenomenal, and I can see why you relish in it. I can, I can almost feel you relishing in it, actually, when I watch you on stage. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much. Mm. It was wonderful having you in the audience, you know what I mean? I... I, I I never have familiar faces in the audience, mm. and I had two hundred familiar faces. Yeah, in the I, was say, yeah. I, looked, I was like, yeah, I know that person, I know that person, I know that person. I was like, and it was funny because I was greeting people in my head while I was doing the talk. I was like, oh, there's Fiona, oh, there's Eric, there's you know, there's this person, there's Steve, there's, and so it's it's it's, it's almost a, a little bit more nerve wracking because this is now in front of your peer group and your mm. culture group when you're doing a talk, right? So. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I, I love it, you know, and I'm finding myself more relaxed on stage. I, I also find myself a little bit more mission driven to try and help people understand just so much that's needed to be understood for where mm. we're going, you know, and mm. um, yeah, I, I relish in that. You know, I've had such incredible feedback from Curo. Um, I've done a couple of talks for them. I've got one more coming up for them. And, and we're talking about this. The, they've got 70 odd thousand kids in their schools across South Africa. Sure. And I love what they do. You know, I love uh, their team is just amazing. You know, mm. they they really want to bring the best education to everybody in South Africa. So they're looking for ways to like democratize it. You know, and I think they've got it down to like two thousand rand a month or something. And it's it's online, and 
and you've got tutors and I think it's just brilliant. You know, I mm. love what they're doing, but, but what's really exciting is I took the Exco team, uh, some of the Exco team and COO um, through the idea of changing brain states for kids to access intuition over knowledge. And they were so enthralled by it. And, you know, there's discussions now to try and see how we can get it into the Exco like really properly and then try and filter it down to the kids. Mm. And so having the kids open up with meditation for the day or maybe two or three times a day to learn the skill to, to look at the world with different eyes is such a mission. I can feel the energy in my body change because when I think about that, I have a very different sense of purpose mm. where I think about speaking for the Dubai government, which is prestigious and I'm not making that level of impact. When I think about 70,000 kids in South Africa meditating to change their brain states, I'm like, hang on a second. There's a different energy that comes from mm. that, you know? So, yeah, a lot of exciting things when you're mission-led. Mm. Um, yeah, it's changed. It's changed. Mm. The, the, the energy on mm. stage has changed a little bit for me. I look forward to seeing you. I've yeah. seen you also busy. There's a, yeah. there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Listen. Um, Congrats. Yeah, thank you. No, it's been phenomenal. Um, we, can, we can talk about that um, on the next podcast. We'll dedicate a, a podcast to uh, everything I'm doing. But... <laughs> Let's do a series, Eric. Let's do an eight-part series about your life, Eric. <laughs> so, uh, where can I sign up? <laughs> so today's session will be in our Patreon. Our Patreon session will be twelve dollars to watch, listen to Eric's life. Just kidding. Anyway, so today's so, session. Let's get today's, to today's session. session. Um, yeah. You messaged me to say that you, you've been doing lots of uh, thinking. There's been obviously lots of things unraveling for you. We know that you've been on this journey with uh, Dispenza, Joe Dispenza's methods. Um, and you were saying that you've uncovered this new yeah. cascade, triangle. I've cracked, um, yeah, I've cracked, yeah. I've cracked, cracked the code. Yeah, I've, cracked, yeah. I've, cracked, I've cracked the code. I've cracked the code. Is it the John Sonne code I, I, I or is it, is it more applicable to like the rest I, of us as well? I, I think all of us have inclinations of each one of the characteristics I'm going to talk about. How they cascade into each other might be different, but everybody I do share this with, which has been like a handful of people, have all, if you really think about it, it seems like there's a common subconscious theme that all of us have that haven't been speaking about, right? Mm. So let me, let me start off and, and I'll explain it as, as we're going along. Um, so the big thing around Dr. Joe's work is that your personality creates your personal reality. The way you think, the way you act, and the way you feel is made up your personality. Now, the way you think um, is not really the conscious thought process. It's a subconscious patterning that we have of the same talks, I mean, the same thoughts. And so the, the stat is we do between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, of which 99 or 90 to 95% of them are the same thoughts. So we keep having the same thoughts over and over and over and over. And what this shows us is that our brain is stuck in a, in a neurons that fire together, wire together process. And they've been wiring and firing together for so long mm. that that's the only thing our brain knows how to do. Now, it's not about thinking the same things. It's about bringing up the same emotions mm. because the way you think and the, the way you act and the way you feel, this isn't what's in repetition. So really what I've started to learn is that we create situations around us to play out the addictive mindset process that we follow. So you look for the bad job, you look for the financial problems and you look for the bad relationships. So you can talk about it and complain about it. And so that feeds into 
your addiction to thinking the same thoughts, acting in the same way, and feeling in the same way. So people are stuck in a loop, right, in a treadmill. So Dr. Joe Dispenza's got a, a few meditations around this idea around rehearsal. It's about taking, becoming aware of your unconscious thoughts so you can replace them. Okay, so when I started doing this meditation, I started realizing, and every time I did it, I, I would get a new inkling of a new type of thought that I didn't even know I was having, mm. okay? So the first one was, I feel shame. And so I do things to get a hit of shame. So there's all sorts of different things that you do. They're almost all secret. They're almost like in your shadow. So you do these things, and we've all got them, right? We all do things that we're like, oh, I don't want anybody to know that I'm doing this, right? And that's why people are so scared of their Google searches getting out and all these sort of things. Like, because we do stuff that, you know, we've got our own vibes going, but mm. everybody's got it in, the, in their own way. The second thing was I'm always in trouble. And I started to discover this because I would kind of get this inkling of nervousness when I'm, not all the time, but when a phone call went and I didn't know who it was or, um, and you know, you've had it as well mm. with your stuff that oh, went on. And, yeah, yeah. and you know, I've, I've actually thought about that really quite a lot. And I've thought about how actually you were looking for being attacked or unfair attack. That's the thing your brain's looking for. And then it created the scenario and goes, oh, be careful of everything out there, right? But mm. you know, that's, that's the, the secondary to this, right? That's going to be part of the eight series of <laughs> Eric's life. Special number four, yeah. yeah so the special, the special yeah. edition. <laughs> And then, and then I realized, so, so what I've been doing is, okay, uh, shame, I need to find ways to look for shame, and then I, I hate shame. Then, then I've got to look for ways that I think I'm in trouble, and then I've got to keep finding things to go, shit, and I'm in trouble. Oh, jeez, okay, the tax man, okay, the SARS center, whatever, whatever. You know, mm. you can create anything you want to be in trouble with. And then the one I made a discovery was on Saturday morning when I woke up, I, I was walking uh, to the coffee machine in the morning. That's the first thing in the morning. And my brain went to something that I've thought about for a couple of years. And as I thought about it, it then said to me, it was almost like a blaring voice that went off in my head that says, okay, now it's time to feel pity. <laughs> and it was like, what? It's like, no, no, now you should feel pity, pity for yourself. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to feel pity for myself. And I've only become aware that the fact that I've been feeling pity for myself for 47 years, I don't even think this is a new thing. I think this is a, this is a lifelong thing, right? And if I think about my dad and I think about culturally, Persian men, Middle Eastern men, love a good sulk. Love it. <laughs> like accentuate that sulk, you know, professionals at sulking. <laughs> but actually what sulking is, is self-pity. Mm. Is I have been attacked I have been, um, uh, this person is going out of their way to make it uncomfortable for me. And so I'm going to sit here in my salt bubble and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be okay with it. Now add this into the trio, right? The trio is I am always scared to get into trouble. So what I do is I find things that I'm shameful of to get into trouble because I need to get into trouble so that I can confirm I'm always in trouble. I need to do shameful things because I need the shame. And then when I'm in there and I get caught, I get to have the, the cherry on the top, which is a self-pity. Mm. So now what it is, is I'm stuck, stuck in a loop that says, give me some shame, give me some trouble, give me some pity, give me some shame, give me some trouble, give me some pity. And it's this unbelievable code that I've cracked because 
What's so funny is that when I started cracking it about a week ago, I got sick. I got sick, bro. I got physically sick, like fever and just, and I never get sick. I hardly ever, ever am sick, right? And I was beside myself how sick I am. I'm still not 100% from it. But it's almost as if I've moved cellular structure in my body that was used to thinking in a certain way. It's almost as I'm now in no man's land. I don't know what to think. It's, mm. And so I'm like, I'm like exhausted. My brain is fatigued. I'm, I'm napping all the time. In fact, in Joburg last week, I did four talks. And I was actually literally talking, going home, napping, waking up, showering, talking, coming home, sleeping. I was just napping and talking, napping and talking and recording my audible book. And it's this incredible exhaustion that you have when you've broken the code and now you need to replace that code with a new code, mm. but you don't know what the code is. So your brain is in hyperdrive. It's everything's all over the place and unsettled. And so it's just been an amazing thing. So if I tell you, do you look for things to be shameful of? Do you think you're in trouble and do you like to feel sorry for yourself? And if you're really, really honest, I think all people have these things in different variations. Yeah, um, I, I can see it play out for sure. I can, I can see the pattern. Um, yeah, yeah in, in trouble, I think like you said, plenty of ways to create that for yourself, plenty of ways to, and also I, I guess, you know, if, if I look at what you've described here, in, in some way that is also, a type of survival mode that you're in. And the one thing I've always said about being in survival mode is that once you're there, then everything gets exaggerated. So mm. that phone call, you know, is like the most innocent phone call in the world, but because you are like already in survival mode, already you have this in trouble code running in the background, that thing just gets blown out of proportion. But now it happens throughout your day. Catastrophize it. Catastrophize, you yeah. Catastrophize it. All the time right throughout the day and then i mean the the, the pity party <laughs> further extension of um woe, like woe is me like the world is out to get me because um i'm i'm waiting for it yeah <laughs> and how do i how do i and and how do i change it because then it's it's almost like there's the pity for things are happening to me and Possibly yeah. lots of that self-inflicted. And there's also things are happening to me are like hopeless. How do I ever get out of this? I don't see, yeah. I, don't, I don't see how to change this because yeah. this is so deeply ingrained that, you know, for you to be able to see it has taken years, years and has taken a lot of dedication over the past few weeks and months, right? To be able to visualize this code. And so for, for yeah. most people, yeah. To even start yeah, seeing you don't even it. Yeah, you know you're doing it still. To start seeing it. Oh, my God. It. Um, a, a quick side note, right? So, like, <laughs> I, I was speaking to a, a leader earlier last week, and she was telling me that – so, her team the isn't – uh, The family constellation no, no, leader, coach a, a leader, facilitator. A leader, like, a, like an, a leader in an organization, in a team. That's so funny because how many times <laughs> I've told her that her name is a leader, and now you're saying a leader, not a leader. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Her and I have laughed about this so often. Okay, cool. So, um, so I, was, I was just speaking to this lady, and she was saying to me, you know, her team is underperforming, they need help, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, well, tell me a little bit about your team and 
spoke for about 30 minutes asking different questions. We got to the end of the 30 minutes. I had no idea what was happening with her team, but I knew everything about her, right? Everything that she's tried to do to save the team, to intervene, to show them this is the way, but also how the team is not listening to her, not following her vision for the future, not slotting into what she wants to do. And I realized that she is both hero and victim at the same time in her story, right? She's like, she's the one saving the team, but she's also the victim of this team. And there's absolutely no way she's going to see that until you get to the level of awareness where you go, wow, this is the story that I've been telling myself. And these three things, this is the story that (laughs) to even admit that this is what's fueling you is a very daunting thing to do. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, I think, again, like I said to you, we've all got them Mm, in different layering and in different ways. And each one triggers the other in a different cascading process. Mm. Ultimately, I think think the ultimate one is I wrote about this in What's Your Moonshot. I call it peeing in your nappy. When you feel that familiarity of that emotion, it's so warm, like the very first 30 seconds of peeing in a nappy. Mm. And then it's the worst idea you've ever had because now you're down a rabbit hole. Mm. And this is the thing. And I didn't understand it when I wrote that book six years ago. I had no idea about this patterning. I I obviously had an inclination. But now after six years of writing that, I'm like, hang on a second. There's a real pattern that I'm getting caught up in, you know. Talk about about freedom. Mm. Freedom from this continuous... Is it called in the Hindu religion? It's called samsara. I think samsara is the constant waves of the ocean, which is the constant thoughts that keep coming at us. It's almost like we are in hell. Mm. And it's this constant barrage of voice that's critical, that's breaking you down. That's, it's almost like you have your worst enemy sitting inside your head. And the, the code I'm cracking in, in the process of cracking is meditation Mm. to take your brain off beta into alpha so that you can see the pattern. That's all it is. It's just change your brainwave. Oh, they're the patterns. They're the patterns. I didn't know that was the process, you know? And also obviously all the trauma work that we I'm doing around the lineage around pity, the lineage Mm. around how important it is to be a martyr, especially in the Middle Eastern culture. It's like you're very well, considered because your family member was a martyr. My mm. family has said this to me. It's like, our granddad, we should be proud. Our granddad was a martyr. Mm. It's like, it's good to suffer for a good cause. Think about that deep self-pity and pain that we need to, to be seen as exalted and to be seen as, I mean, it's a hell of a patterning that's generations, if not hundreds of years in the making in culture. Think mm. about French people and, and all, all my love to you French people. But man, you guys are cynical. Like French people are just naturally cynical. Bro. It's just they can't help themselves. They don't want to be seen as idiots. They're just cynical. And that's hundreds of years of culture making. Now you want to take, I get yourself out of that pattern. That's a hell of a thing to do. Mm. Hell of a mm. thing. You know, um, I, think, yeah. I think the biggest thing is that we have these patterns and we maybe it's part of the shame as well is that we don't like speaking about it then we just want to shove it a little bit deeper and and hide it away from ourselves hide it away from other people and that's actually not the way to do it like you need to bring it into the light because only in the light can you actually do something about it and i was at a facilitation last week and we were speaking about 
um, like what makes you dangerous? Like, so it was a talk about being dangerous. I haven't done, I haven't been doing those at all, but it was a talk about being dangerous. Yeah. And one of the things we were saying is like to be, um, you know, in reactivity, um, you are driven by fear, anxiety, frustration. When you are dangerous, mm. like ideally you don't, you don't want to be driven by this. And this guy was like harping mm. on. He was like, well, actually, you know, I know many people who are very fearful or like fear can be a, a, something that makes you very dangerous. And I said to him, that's true. Like, obviously, if you think about it, we know many successful people who wake up in the morning with mm. millions of dollars in their bank accounts and their biggest fear is they're going to lose it all. Like that's, yeah. that they wake up so every anxious. morning thinking they're going to lose it all. So anxious. And so, yeah. so I said to him, the case is made. I, I agree with you that the fear can drive you. It can be beneficial in that way. Shame can be beneficial in some way. Maybe being in trouble and being uh, pitiful. Maybe in some ways those mm. things can be, they can serve they you can in some way. You. you know? Yeah, yeah. But they can push you in a certain way, yes. But mm. it, it comes back to one of the first things I ever heard you say, which is, are you running away from the dark or towards the light? Mm. And mm. if you are driven, like, it, it's just like, th that's the decision you have to ultimately make is, what do you want your inner core to be like? Do you want it to be humming with excitement and enthusiasm and energy and uh, the good stuff? Or do you want it to be fueled by shame and pity and being in trouble? Like, what do you want that core to be like? Um, Look, I think, I think the thing is, is yes, we all want that. But I've not cracked the code into actually understanding the voice mm. and to having the tools to break it. And all of a sudden, I've got both. It's like the practice is meditation. Mm. The practice is awareness of unconscious thoughts. And the practice is stopping yourself and replacing them with something else. Mm. And so it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's the point of this. That's the point of this, uh, this podcast is, uh, cracking this code is paramount mm. to living a life of elegance and of your dreams, to be honest, because you're not now trapped in samsara mm. the constant flow of waves of thought that you can't control and then what we do avoid them yeah take drugs take alcohol mm. exercise play golf do whatever just don't want to think about it mm. and they just keep coming back you know? mm. anyway um thank you for that it feels like a therapy session thank you thank uh, you to unpack it with you eric uh, have a great time in germany big question i have is are you traveling with your mic eric Oh, you're traveling with your mic, eh? You make me like this mic around the world, around Mexico, Thailand. So our next, our next podcast, Corner G, so lacquer. Corner G, so great on the podcast. So the next podcast will be from Magnus Brudrake's apartment in Barcelona for a change. It's going to be Eric recording internationally, leaving John here in Cape Town. Uh I will, I will have it. my mic with me and uh, thank you very much. It's been great. a great session. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, to everyone thank listening, you. Yeah, take it away. Uh, yeah, if you guys haven't already uh, subscribed, uh, please do. We're on YouTube, we're on podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Please leave us, leave us a review if you've enjoyed this podcast and also share it with somebody that you may think would need to hear it. Good luck in breaking your patterns, becoming aware of them. And again, as Eric started off this podcast, we're all about building a more expansive perspective, a more expansive energy. And it always comes down to the true subconscious pattern 
conversation that we're having with, with, with ourselves and that reflects into the world. So in order for us to be, build a better world, we have to build a better internal conversation. Until next time, be expansive. Bye.